Hey, sexy friend. He's making me his bitch. Maybe you want to get a piece of that. Pretty good. I want to talk about sexy teens. I was getting erections. It's a very creepy feeling. I can guarantee that underwear theft will come up again. None of this is relevant. Pokemon, Pokeballs. 750 milliliter bottle of rum. Welcome to the Velocity Podcast. A study in monology. This is your grumpy uncle Peter. He will say words at you. There have been a couple things on the internet recently, and it's been, if you could send a message to the world, what would you say? But I think there's a question that people aren't asking, and it's, do you actually think that anyone could be convincing in a single statement enough to have an impact? So the whole, I think we should all love each other. Yeah, you know what? Everyone knows that. I think we should have peace in the world. Yeah, everyone knows that too. Everyone has these ideas. It just doesn't work. And saying it to everyone in the world isn't really going to be impactful in any way. So you'd have to, if you want to send a message to everyone in the world and you want to be somehow successful, you'd have to back it up with something tangible. And I don't know what that is, but it would have to be something to motivate people to actually do the thing you're talking about. So I don't actually believe that any of these warm-hearted, positive messages could actually be successful, but you would have an opportunity to mess with everyone in the world at one time. So I think really, since you're going to be whispering into people's ears, I don't know how they've actually set up this scenario. So I assume if it's going to go to everyone in the world, you'd actually have to go directly into their heads, which would mean a form of telepathy, which means instant translation as well. So this would be the perfect opportunity to start a cult and have everyone send you, like if you get everyone to send you just a dollar, you would actually be pretty successful because the number of people who would send you a dollar because they heard a voice in their head, I bet that's more than a million people. We got 7 billion people in the world. I bet you would get a lot of money by the end of it. Yeah, I get the altruistic idea of trying to make the world a better place, but I think the basic nature of human beings means that that wouldn't be successful, so it would really be a good opportunity to take advantage of that for yourself and try to get everyone in the world to send you a dollar or join a cult where they have to give you all their stuff. And you could use that money to try to make the world a better place. I mean, there's no reason that you couldn't be altruistic after your manipulation, but I think really, if you had the opportunity to send everyone in the world a message that it would be the only thing that you could do that would be really successful would be some form of mild manipulation for your own personal benefit. So I have a bit of a personal conundrum. I recently bought a 7,500 yen pen off Kickstarter, and it's very special and important. It's made of titanium. That's a big deal. And this was to replace my 6,000 yen aluminum tactical pen. And this is to carry along with my 4,000 yen mechanical pen with a lifetime guarantee. So you can see that I care quite dearly about my writing implements. They are important to me and they represent me and my personal value and who I see myself in the grander scheme of the universe. Now my daughter gave me a garbage pen she picked up on some day trip for free. The pen itself is probably valued at like 100, 200 yen. And it's bright neon green. 
Is there anyone in the world who would expect me to use such a low quality writing implement instead of the incredibly personal tactile mechanism that I have purchased for myself? The idea is I have bought the Lamborghini of pens and my daughter has given me a remote control car to replace it. Now I get my daughter probably has figured out that I like pens and pens are special to me and she tried to give me something, but this is the problem with children giving you things at all. I was once called very cold by a coworker and friend. We sat next to each other in the office and I had been tutoring a girl since she was about seven years old. So I've been tutoring her for years. And one day I walked into the office and she had given me a picture that she had drawn herself. I pulled it out of my bag, looked at it. He saw it and went, ha, huh, like a nice picture drawn by a child given to you, which I immediately then crumbled up and threw in the garbage. He said that was like I was a monster, like I had no soul or heart. Perhaps it might be good to get his words in the future, but we may revisit this. I don't know. But it really was a terrible picture, and I didn't feel like I should carry it around with me or store it in my house for any length of time because I was never going to look at it again with any sort of sense of nostalgia or how things were better at a different time. I, I was never going to look at this picture again. It didn't really mean that much. I didn't want it in my bag. Now, that's not to say I am completely devoid of emotions. I do have a single picture that my daughter drew of me that I keep in my bag at all times. Now, I don't keep any of her other pictures, but this one was special to me because it's a fairly good representation. It's a child's drawing. Make no mistake, it's terrible. You could not use it as a police sketch and catch me as a criminal. But it has the basic attributes. It has blue eyes. It has glasses and it has a receding hairline, which is all things I quite enjoyed about her rendition of my face into the artistic realm. But I think that by throwing it away, I have proven that I'm not a monster, because really, wouldn't a monster keep the picture in their bag to thus prove to everyone that they were not a monster? The short version is, I threw away the kid's pen. So going into the new year, I'm thinking of more like clips and segments and ideas I could actually add into the podcast. I want to add in a TIL or Today I Learned section. Clearly, that's ripping off an idea from Reddit. But I think it's interesting because a lot of times I'll say I've learned something and then people around me go, you didn't know that already. Or they actually act like the fact that they knew that made them in some way better, which I find weirdly offensive because... The fact that you haven't learned something, it should no way negatively impact on other people's view of you. In fact, you should celebrate the fact that people are learning stuff. And I think this personally stems back to way back when I was a kid and my mother got angry at me. I was trying to use the washing machine. I can't remember why. I think maybe I'd peed my pants a little bit and I wanted to wash it before my mom found out, but I didn't know how to use the washing machine. My mom came back and I was trying to use the washing machine and it wasn't working out because I didn't know what all the buttons did. I didn't know how to do the settings. And she set, looked at me and said, don't you even know how to use the washing machine? And my first thought was, have you ever showed me how to use the washing machine? Because of course she hadn't. Up until that point, she had all been washing my clothes for me. I was regularly criticized for not knowing things that older people already knew, despite the fact that they had never taught them to me. 
So as I grew up, I found that idea hurtful and offensive because it's not my fault I don't know it, it's really your fault for not having taught it to me. So instead of being negative about that, we should be happy about it. So when I learn something, I want to share it on the podcast. Now, last year, at the end of last year, it ended up being all this stuff about suits. When I went and got a suit tailored, I learned a whole bunch about suits. I shared it here. It would be just kind of stories like that. Anything I'd learned in my life, I'm thinking of adding into the podcast. But this also leads us to the point where we don't want to admit we don't know stuff because of that weird negative stigma that goes along with it. Which again, I think that's offensive. I think it's unfair. You don't know something, that's fine. Let's help you learn it. If I know it, I'll teach it to you. If I don't know it, let's find out together if it's worth learning. And so it's really the opposite of the internet. See, the internet, the idea of you not knowing something is something everyone can pile on and basically call you an idiot and an asshole for not knowing, which is just the weirdest idea because let's face it, I'm older, I should know a lot of things that you don't know. If you're younger and maybe you've studied a whole different thing, you'll know a whole bunch of stuff that I don't know. That's completely normal and it should be acceptable and the celebration of the internet should be the sharing of ideas. So I am going to try to add that stuff in. If you learn something interesting, again, you can feel free to share that with me. Maybe I'll know it. I won't make fun of you for it. Uh, We can talk about it. Or maybe we can even learn a little bit more. I think I went deeper into suits than a lot of other topics because people kept asking me about suits. So I kept feeling the desire to study about them and learn about it more. So I received an email and it was someone who listens who asked me, how do you deal with failure? Now, I have an interesting relationship with failure because most of the times I've failed at something, it has actually always turned out okay. And I think that's a weird kind of optimism that goes with my sort of pessimistic attitude. I prepare for the worst because I'm a bit of a pessimist, but because I prepare for the worst in most cases, things tend to work out okay, maybe not as good as they could, but they always tend to be fine, which is better than I would have expected, so everything turns out good if any of that makes sense. But there was something I learned in judo, and this would be my version of a Nike commercial. It's, you haven't really failed until you give up. So let's take something fairly innocuous like learning the guitar. If you pick up the guitar today, and you strum a couple things, and you think, oh, I'm not very good at this. If you never pick it up again, then you have failed. But if you pick it up again the next day and try again, even if it's still not very good, because again, this is only your second time picking up a guitar and your fingers hurt and you still can't even really make a tune or you can't figure out which strings to pluck or where your fingers go, you have still not failed because you're still attempting to do the thing. So this, again, for me personally goes into judo. You can get beaten by a guy over and over and over again. And you're never really beaten by him until you give up and you don't want to fight him anymore or you don't go back to judo. So as long as you come back and fight again, you haven't really lost yet. And that gives you the opportunity to never actually lose. Because the way they say it in judo is you don't actually lose until you stop getting up again. It's the same in boxing, pretty much all the fighting sports. When you don't get up again, is when you actually lose. So if you can apply that to anything else, it means you have an infinite amount of chances. This is sort of like when I was talking about the best superpowers and I chose the resurrection skill from Dark Souls because what it gives you is the ability to never give up and never actually lose because you can go back and crash into that thing again and again and again. And it's really more like 
erosion than an explosion. So we always want to go in and have something explode in success. But what you're really looking for is something to erode. You want to erode the barrier. You want to break it down bit by bit, tiny piece at a time, like water breaks down a rock. But the eventuality is that the rock will break. So if you keep playing guitar, you will get better at guitar. If you keep playing beyond that, you'll get very good at guitar. You will become a functional guitar player. You may even then hit a point where you could be equal to a professional. That might take years and years and years because you might be overcoming the fact that you don't have talent. I've said this a bunch of times to people when I talk about fighting and judo. I don't actually think I have natural talent. What I think I had was an ability to never give up. And I was very lucky with my injuries that I was either tough enough or I could fight through them that they never stopped me long enough that I actually lost the abilities I had before. Because a lot of people, they'll break something and they'll have to take so much time off that they actually lose abilities they have and it's so frustrating they actually quit. That's when they've lost. So what I'm saying to you, dear person who sent this in, is that you cannot fail if you don't give up. Okay, so in the Pokemon universe, now I don't know a lot about Pokemon, which is funny because I've actually talked about Pokemon multiple times now, but I know that there are most Pokemon who just vocalize by saying their own names. So we know Pikachu, Pikachu, Pika Pika, all that stuff. Um, and they don't really speak. So we don't really understand their level of sentience. They understand commands and they seem to interact and have emotions and stuff to a degree, but most of them seem more like animals than humans. Now, we do know there are a few Pokemon and specifically the one I'm thinking of is Mewtwo. That's the only one I know because my kids watched a movie with Mewtwo in it. And Mewtwo seems like a godlike Pokemon. He's sentient, he's intelligent, he can communicate, he has uh, definite powers, but to me, it was the level of intelligence that differentiated Mewtwo from the other Pokemon. But him being a Pokemon means that you can catch him. So you can use a Pokeball, throw it at him, and he gets sucked into the Pokeball, and now he's yours, and you can use him at your will. This leads to a legal gray area in the Pokemon world, because at what point does using a Pokeball to catch a sentient creature differ from catching Pokemon and kidnapping. We don't really have a problem with kidnapping animals because animals at their base are not sentient, so we don't consider them on the same level of us. So the, the rules that apply to humans don't apply to them. But Mewtwo clearly is thinking on the same level, if not more advanced levels, than humanity, which means that's not catching a Pokemon, that's kidnapping. That leads me to a secondary question, can I kidnap a human being in the Pokemon world as long as I use a Pokeball? And then if I kidnap them, are they then now my property? Because now they are in my stable of Pokemon, whether they're human or not. It seems like there needs to be a legal precedent set within the Pokemon universe as to what is and what is not acceptable as far as capture goes when it comes to Pokeballs and creatures. Not you can't differentiate anymore between Pokemon and humans because there are some Pokemon who are as sentient, as intelligent as humans. Or it means I can go around kidnapping whoever I want as long as I use specific equipment. 
If anyone has a deep knowledge of Pokemon, I would really like your opinion on this because I don't have any answer. This was just something I thought about the other day when I thought about Mewtwo being captured and that capture seems a lot more like kidnapping than catching a Pokemon. And I know you gotta catch them all, but does catch them all mean all those girls I had crushes on in high school? The loss of podcast. The loss of podcast. Hey, sexy friend. He's making me his bitch. Thank you for listening. If you have questions or comments, you can tweet at VelociPeter or email VelociPodcast at gmail.com. You can find the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Acast or go to VelociPeter.com slash podcast.